Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Chris Ria. Good morning, everyone. It's so good to worship with you this morning. It's good to just spend some time together in God's Word. This past week, my wife shared with me an incredible story of transformation, and I want to share a little bit of that with you to open this message up this morning. That's a story about a woman named Holly. And Holly grew up in a home with two professors for parents. And they were prestigious and affluent, and they didn't really believe in religion or church. And so they were very intellectual, and they raised her kind of in this environment. Holly, unfortunately, went through a little bit of tragedy. She was abused at a young age, and then at 12, her parents decided to get divorced. And because of these two events in her life, she went into a deep depression. And at the age of 14, she began to drink alcohol every single day. And by 15, she was a full-blown drug addict and alcoholic, 15 years old, trying to deal with pain on her own. As she continued down this path, by the age of 16, she had her first abortion. And then from around 19 years old, she spent some time in jail when she got arrested for DUI. And then her life even got a little bit more tragic. Aren't you glad you came to church this morning to hear about this amazing story? From 19 to 21, she got involved in a very toxic relationship with a guy who ended up trafficking her out to other people. And she actually ended up getting fired and broken up by that guy because she kept coming to work drunk. And the clients didn't like that. And so she got fired from being a prostitute. At 21 years old, she found herself homeless, still addicted to drugs and alcohol. Well, in February 10th of 2001, with no Christian background, no religious background, she found herself drunk and high in a public bathroom, and she just cried out to God. God, if you are real, will you help me? I am a mess. That evening, she ran into a guy who was actually an honorable guy. And he was a Christian, and he brought her, he invited her with him to an AA meeting. And from that moment on, she was able to get sober from day one. Day one. She knew God was responsible for rescuing her, so she began to search for him, but she didn't know how to find him. She didn't know what God saved her. She had no religious background. She didn't think it was the Christian God, because get this, 
She felt like Christians were super judgmental and that couldn't be the God who rescued her after being a prostitute, having five abortions at this time, being addicted to drugs and alcohol. And a God saved her, but it couldn't be the Christian God because they only, the Christians she knew passed judgment on her. So she went searching for a God. She was reading all kinds of religious and spiritual books, trying to put those into practice in her life. And she still couldn't quite find what she was looking for. So she was in theater as she was getting her life together. She, she started doing theater and she got a role playing a Christian in a, in a play. And so in order to try to get to know the character, she thought, I'm going to pick up a Bible. Well, she didn't have much money, so she went to the library and she stole a Bible, literally stole a Bible to try to get used to this role. Well, one day she picked this Bible up and she said, God, if you are the one that rescued me, if you're the God of the Bible, if this is true, I want you to speak to me. And she opened the Bible. And you know what she opened to? John 8. The story of the woman caught in the act of adultery and God showed mercy to her. God said, he who was without sin cast the first stone and saved a woman caught in the act of adultery. She knew right then and there that God was reaching out to her. From that point on, she began to read the Bible every single day. And for a year, she never went to church. She just read the Bible. She was scared to go to church. She thought people are going to judge me when they hear my story. I'm just going to try to do this on my own. So she read the word of God and the word became life to her. She read through this whole Bible several times in a year and realized that she needed to get baptized. But because she had only read the Bible and she didn't understand church culture, she thought she had to literally go to the Jordan River to get baptized. So she got on a plane, went to Israel, went to the Jordan River and was just asking people, will you baptize me? Will you baptize me? Will you baptize me? And some orthodox minister came up to her and said, I will baptize you. And she got baptized right there in the river. And as she began to build her life as a Christian, she started going to Bible studies and being around the church more and more. And she eventually met her husband who accepted her even though this past was pretty brutal. And she never really thought she would find love from a man who would really want a woman like her who went through what she went through, but he did. And she got married and her and her husband started a ministry helping other women get free from the shame of their past. It's called the Sanctuary Project. It's a nonprofit ministry employing survivors of trafficking, violence, and addiction to make handcrafted jewelry and home goods 
empowering them to leave their old lives behind and make a living doing something that matters. That is what transformation looks like. You see, God turned her past pain into purpose. God turned her past pain into purpose. He did it for her and he wants to do it for us. That's why sometimes we go through pain. It's because when we come through a painful situation, we now know how to deal with that and help others going through that same situation. You see, here's the truth. Life does not always go the way we think it's going to go. Can I get an amen? Raise your hand if everything in your life up until this point has gone the way you hoped it would go. Anybody? It doesn't always go the way we think it's going to go. And the pain and uncertainty of this world can leave us feeling broken, lost, and grasping for a sense of normalcy and purpose. And our culture teaches us what's expected of us. Society tells us this is what you need to do to have a cookie cutter life. Here's, it, here's what you do. You, you go to school, you graduate high school. And at 18 years old, you're supposed to know exactly what you're going to do for the rest of your life. So you go and spend $100,000 on an education for a career. And you get a degree in that career. And then when you graduate, you get a job in that field, a good paying job with benefits and a 401k program. You buy a cookie cutter house in the, sub, in the suburbs. You, ha- you meet the, the man or woman of your dreams. You get married. You have kids. Those kids grow up to be perfect saints because you raised them so good. And they go on to marry and have kids of their own. You become grandparents. You have enough money to live for the rest of your life so you can spoil your grandkids and see the world. And that's the dream. That's the benchmarks. And we look at all of these benchmarks as human beings and we judge and compare our lives by these benchmarks. And we judge and compare other people's lives by these benchmarks. Here's the problem. What happens when one or more of these benchmarks get thrown off? What do we do then? What happens when you don't know what you want to do at 18 years old for the rest of your life? What happens when you pick a career, you spend all this money for this degree just to get into the career and three months in you go, this isn't what I want to do with my life? What happens then? What happens when you don't find a significant other when all your friends are finding significant others? What happens when you can't have kids or your kids are born with an illness or unhealthy or with a disability? What happens when your dream of having a great marriage gets shattered when your spouse divorces you? 
What happens when your dream marriage turns into a nightmare because of addiction or abuse? What happens when the love of your life is taken from you too soon? What happens when you lose a child or a sibling or a parent unexpectedly? What happens when your kids make poor choices and act irresponsible and start to mess up their lives? What happens when you're diagnosed with a chronic illness or disease? What happens when you have so many kids that you feel like your life will never be normal again? What happens when you realize you're 50 years old and you have no money in the bank and you don't like your career and life just is unfulfilling? What happens then? What happens to our precious cookie cutter life that we were supposed to have? One of Megan and I's pet peeves is when you pull into a subdivision and every house looks the same. If you live in one of those, that's okay. I'm not judging you. If you build those kinds of subdivisions, not judging you either. But we love when you pull into a subdivision, everything's different because there's creativity in it. There's beauty in it. There's different personalities and styles. And the truth is, the beauty and creativity is not found in the cookie cutter life. The beauty and creativity is found in our stories. Our stories of how God takes ashes in our life and makes them beautiful. That's what the Bible says as he turns, makes beauty from ashes. That's the beautiful part of our lives. When our lives don't go according to plan, it forces us down a different road, a different path, maybe one we don't really want to be on. But in time, if we stay down that path and we continue to heal and grow, there will be beauty out of that story if we let God heal us. This was no different than what happened to God's chosen people, the Israelites. Their lives didn't go the way they thought they were going to go all the time. In fact, God made a powerful promise in the book of Genesis with a guy by the name of Abraham. By the name of Abraham. I want to share this promise that God made to Abraham. It's in our Bibles in Genesis 17, verse 3. I want to share this, this verse with you. And don't make fun of me. I got to put glasses on. This is what happens when you're in their 40s, I guess. You, all of a sudden, you need readers. Thank you. <laughs> this is what it says. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground. Then God said to him, This is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations, and kings will be among them. 
What a promise. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. Powerful promise. Powerful promise in scripture right there. But you know what's interesting about this? So if you play this out a little bit, Abraham does have a son. He has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons who become the 12 tribes of Israel. So it's all starting to fall into plan. This promise that God has, it's all starting to work. And then all of a sudden, God's chosen people the Israelites find themselves enslaved in Egypt for 430 years. 430 years. That's 20 generations. Can you imagine when you're in bondage and you're enslaved, kind of having a conversation with a friend, coworker, this isn't really how it was supposed to go. Didn't God promise Abraham, didn't he say generation after generation that we would have a land that is ours, that we would have kings, that we would be a powerful nation, that we would be prosperous? How long are we going to have to go through this before that promise is true? Can you imagine how hard life was for these people. Year after year, generation after generation, wondering when God was going to make his promise true, if he was going to make it true. Maybe Abraham heard it wrong. Maybe Abraham didn't get it right. Maybe he thought that's what God said, but maybe that's not what God said. Can you imagine this? Then one day, God hears their cry, and he sends a savior named Moses to the people. And Moses delivers those people from the oppressor. With the help of God, he delivers those people. And he leads them out of bondage, out of slavery, towards the promised land. But here's the problem. Once they get out of slavery, okay, this is it. It's happening in our generation. The excitement was mounting. We're going to actually have our own stuff. And as they're leaving, not so fast. Forty more years they had to stay in the desert. And some people believe that they had to stay in the desert because God was punishing them for not having enough faith to believe that they could possess the promised land. And that is in the word of God, that's true. But I don't believe our God punishes us. I believe our God teaches us. They weren't ready to be a powerhouse nation. Their mindset wasn't quite there. 
See, God loves us enough not to keep us in the condition we're in. He will save us just like Moses. He used Moses to save the people. But then he didn't want to leave them like that. He wanted them to have a transformed heart. He wanted them not to think that they had to rely on another person for something, but to rely on him for everything. He wanted to teach him what it looked like to have a government, to have laws, to live your life in, a, in your own culture, in your own nation. And he taught them that in the desert. It's where they got the Ten Commandments. It's where he showed them how to live their lives. And then finally, finally, a great leader by the name of Joshua leads the people towards the promised land. But they didn't just get it. They had to fight for it. And they fought with God, entered the promised land, the land of Canaan, took it, possessed it, and became a powerhouse nation. But it took a lot of time. Once they were in the promised land, that's when they began to thrive. That's when leaders started leading, builders started building, farmers were farming, entrepreneurs were creating economy and business, and spiritual leaders were discipling the people. It's something amazing when God turns our pain into purpose. And that's the whole point of this acts of service that we're talking about in this series. Sometimes we think, okay, I just got to serve somewhere in the church, and that's great. That's a great place to start. But I believe your calling and your purpose and your point of service is to take your past pain and turn it into purpose. This is what God does. He is always redeeming our lives, whether we make our own mistakes or life just didn't go the way we thought from no fault of our own. He's healing, he's restoring, he's redeeming, and he wants to use us to make a difference. That is what happens. I like to say you become an expert in anything hard you've walked through. If you've gone through something hard and you're sitting in the seat, you're watching this today, and you haven't given up, you're an expert. You are an expert at something. If you walk through a painful divorce and you're now living a happy and joyful light despite your pain, you're an expert on how to get through that. If you've walked through a tragic loss and you're coming to church and you're still trying to move forward in your life, you've become an expert or in the process of becoming an expert on that. If you've struggled with physical or emotional pain, but you're living a full life and moving forward in it, you've become an expert at that and you have something to offer someone else. You see, God wants to use the pain of our past to make a difference in other people's lives. This is what he does for us. He makes beauty from ashes. And the truth is, when you go through something hard, you want to hear from someone who kind of went through what you went through. You know, 
I love the body of Christ and I love the church. But sometimes we jump in and have opinions and try to bring healing to situations that we really don't understand. And God bless us. He can use people to comfort anybody. But when you've walked through something hard and someone else is walking through something hard, they want to hear from you. I was scrolling through my Facebook feed the other day and I came across a friend of mine from years ago, female, and she had just walked through a painful divorce. My age, couple kids at home, and she put on this post, I never thought my life would turn out this way. I need a little encouragement today. And I thought about responding and trying to give her some encouragement, but I'm like, I'm going to wait because I believe that someone who's walked through something similar to her can offer her more than I can. Not that I can't encourage her, but I thought, I'm going to see what happens. And sure enough, another friend of mine, female, who walked through the same exact thing about 10 years earlier, came through it, got remarried, she responded. And she had so much wisdom and compassion in her response. She knew exactly what this woman was going through. And she knew exactly how to get through it. Because she did it. And she gave this list, and I'm like, that is so powerful and wise. And then underneath, the original commenter said, thank you so much for chiming in. Out of all my friends, I was hoping you would, because I know you know what it's like to be me. I'll get through it. Thank you for the encouragement. This is what happens with the body of Christ. You have a story to tell. You have a place to minister to people. And most of the time, it's found in our pain. But I love that Jesus loved us enough not to keep us in pain, but to constantly heal and redeem. And today is a communion Sunday. If you're here with us, communion is found in the seat in front of you. You can grab your communion at this time. And I want to lead us through communion this morning. And I want to look back for a moment at the Israelite story and how that relates to Jesus. You had a group of people who were in bondage, who were enslaved, who weren't enslaved and weren't free. You had a man who went and rescued them. You had a man who cared so much about them, didn't leave them the way he found them. Brought them out of bondage, out of their slavery, redeemed them, taught them a new mindset, and then brought them into a land where they could use their gifts to make a difference. This is a picture of what God did for us through Jesus. 
God sends his son to the earth because we made such a mess out of things in our humanity. We made a mess out of things. And God sends his son, his righteous son, into this unrighteous world full of pain, full of heartache, full of sin. And Jesus at 30 years old, it's the name of the series, 30? 30 years old, started a ministry that was different from other people. He actually had compassion instead of judgment. He actually went to the people no one else would minister to. Poor people. People who were addicted, enslaved, homeless. He went to this group of people no one really wanted to minister to. He went in and he found those people who had made a mess out of their lives. And he showed compassion. And he redeemed them. He saved them. That's the beauty of grace. You have bread and juice in front of you this morning represents the body and the blood of Christ that was broken for those people, for us. That's grace. It's because of nothing on our own. He rescued us from our sin, our shame, every bad choice we ever made. But he didn't, he loved us enough not to just save us, even though that would have been enough. But now he says, okay, now that I've saved you, now that I've died for you, Now that I came with a a message of compassion and love and the people murdered me for it, I'm going to raise from the dead. I'm not going to stay dead. I'm going to raise from the dead and I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and put the Holy Spirit in you so that you don't have to stay bound by sin. So you don't have to stay bound by trauma and emotional pain and physical pain. I love you enough to build this relationship and not keep you the way I found you. That's love. And he's working on us all the time. This process of transformation and redemption and restoration and healing. He's constantly doing it with us through the work of the Holy Spirit. And then he says, I love you so much, I'm not just going to leave it there. But I want you to find fulfillment in life. And that's not found by having a great job or having nice stuff. It's found when you turn your pain into purpose. And I'm going to teach you how to get through your pain. I'm going to teach you to make beauty from ashes. 
I'm going to teach you how to have purpose and then how to use those gifts and talents that I've given you along with your pain and your story and your history to make a difference in the lives of other people because God cares about people. You ever ask, what's the point of all this? It's people. It's always been people. Relationship. God loved us. He created us to have relationship. He sent Jesus to have relationship. And then he says, listen, emulate me with each other. And we still can't seem to get that right. But we're supposed to have compassion for others and be there for them and use our gifts and our pain to help them. That's the beauty of the gospel to tell our stories like the story I told about Holly at the beginning, who is now using her story to make a difference and to bring glory to Jesus. True transformation is found in our stories. Tell your story. You have a story to tell and God wants to use it. People tell me, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You're supposed to tell your story. That's it. Tell it. Tell it to the world. Tell it to anyone who will listen. Write it down. My story of redemption. This is what I went through. This is how I got through it. This is how I'm going to help others moving forward. Those three things. That's your ministry. That's your act of service in this world. And you can volunteer for the pancake breakfast too if you want to do that. (laughs) But that's why you were put on this earth. And the beauty is God turned Jesus' pain into purpose on the cross. That communion you have, you got Jesus who was this perfect human loving, amazing, murdered, not just murdered, but tortured in the most inhumane way possible for us. But God loved his son so much that he literally took that pain, rose him from the dead and turned it into purpose. What is the most comforting sign in all of human history? the cross that symbol has brought more hope and peace to this world than any other symbol in history God used it this isn't a God who can't identify with pain this is a God who saved you through his own pain no other God would do that but he did And he turned his own pain into purpose, his son's pain into purpose to redeem us. And now it's our turn when we go through hard things, which we all will. We can either turn away from God or turn towards a God who can relate to our pain and use us to relate to others. So I want you to bow your heads with me. We're going to receive communion. And here's what I want you to do when you receive communion this morning.
I want you, before you take the bread and the cup, the worship team is going to start playing a song. I want you to think about your past. I want you to think about your sin, the guilt you have from your sin, the shame you've been carrying from your sin. I want you to think about your pain, the situations in your life you never thought you would go through. I want you to think about your trauma, your emotional pain, your physical pain. I want you to identify it. Then, as you take the bread and the cup this morning, I want you to say, God, redeem and heal me. Father, would you redeem my story? Would you redeem and forgive me of my sin? Would you heal my emotional or physical pain? I know it's found in this cup. Would you do this for me? Let's take the bread and the cup this morning.